Welcome, Wildcat fans, to Weber State Weekly, a member of the Big Sky Podcast Network. I'm your host, uh, a man who would hate to spend his birthday at a Chili's, Colby Peterson. On the pod today, we have a man who would hate to spend his birthday in Laramie, Wyoming, Dustin Chapman. I, I spent one night one night there once in a snowstorm. Potentially the worst night of my life. I would never, never go back there. Never again. <laughs> Next, we have a man who would hate to spend his birthday in scenic Winnemucca, Nevada, AC. It's not scenic. Come on, Colby. It was facetious. I know you can't call it scenic. I live in California and then I, Winnemucca was like the midpoint between California and the promised land, Utah. And let me tell you, I had to pay the price. <laughs> and finally, we have a man who would hate to spend his birthday in Missoula, Montana, Sean Lewis. No offense to my boss or anybody that loves Montana, but I have an irrational hatred of the entire state that probably stems from my love of Weber State sports and, and you guys and why. But uh, I, I, I don't like Montana and it's beautiful and I hate that I don't like it, but, but it's irrational. Don't at me. It's irrational. I admit that it's irrational. Just leave it at that. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, shout out to coach Jeremiah Larson, who is doing just that thing this very night, spending his birthday in Missoula, Montana. So, uh, on the show today, we are, we have a special episode, uh, because we are covering national signing day on Wednesday. Uh, we are going to have a, just a special interview for this one. We're going to be talking to hero sports, Brian McLaughlin. He's going to talk to us about recruiting in at Weber state, of course, and then beyond at the big sky and nationally. So looking forward to that conversation and, uh, it's a good one. Uh, but first, if you haven't already, please subscribe to the show, whether that's on Apple podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, feel free to rate us in all of those places, helps us climb in the rankings and and also follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Twitter is the best place to interact with the Weber State Weekly team, especially on game day. Hey, Wildcat fans. This episode of Weber State Weekly is sponsored by Wildcat Rack. If you're looking for one-of-a-kind, officially licensed Weber State apparel, Wildcat Rack is the place. All the designs and apparel are made right here in Weber County by people who know and love the purple and white. Check out the latest designs by going to their website, wildcatrack.com, and be sure to follow them on Facebook and Instagram for new designs and sneak peeks as they become available. Now, back for more Weber State Weekly. All right, Wildcat fans, we have a very special treat for you this week in honor of National Signing Day coming up here very, very shortly. Uh, we have a special guest, like we mentioned. We welcome Brian McLaughlin from Hero Sports to talk a little bit with us about recruiting at Weber State, of course, but then in the Big Sky Conference and beyond. So, Brian McLaughlin, thank you, BMAC, for coming on Weber State Weekly to chat. Yeah, I, I, uh, I know you guys are the, the experts in town, and it's cool to be you know, getting to talk to your audience and, and getting to know you guys a little bit better. Well, like I said, we appreciate you. You know, you are the uh, recruiting guru across the country. So we were very blessed for you to accept our invitation to come on and talk a little bit about recruiting in our conference and beyond. So uh, I wanted to start out by getting, you know, just your impressions of this recruiting class at Weber State. You know, it's kind of drug on a little bit from December. And now here we are at the beginning of February. And, you know, the late signing period is about to start. Um, give us your initial thoughts, BMAC. What do you think? Yeah, you know, I, I did dig into it a little bit, and um, it it looks pretty strong. You know, I think it holds firm among, you know, definitely one of the stronger Big Sky classes. Um, I'll admit that when I when I do my rankings, we, I I separate transfers from high school prospects, and I know that 
Weber State always gets some great transfers. You know, I know Southern Utah always does. Northern Arizona always does. Um, but even just looking at the high school class, I think one of the one of the cool things is seeing so many in-state guys. Like I think you guys have mentioned before, um, you know, that you, you know, Utah school in a state that what is in the thirties, as far as population, uh, it's, you know, it's not California, it's not Texas. And yet Utah has such great talent. Um, I always think of like states like Utah and New Jersey, and you, you might not think that they have this amazing abundance of talent, but they do. And Arizona does. And uh, just because of population, you wouldn't think so, but they have great talent. And there's, it looks like a really great in-state class mixed with, you know, a, a Texas kid here and a, and a California kid there. And we all know you've got to go to California if you're in the big sky. That's kind of rule number one. But it really looks like a great balanced class, great crop of offensive linemen. That kind of jumped off the page. And uh, getting, uh, you know, I, I don't know if I'm going to pronounce his name correctly. But Noah Kahar yeah. is care. Care is that how they pronounce it? Yeah, it's care. To, to be the leading receiver in the nation and be a Max Preps, Prep, Max Preps All American is really no slouch affair. And every once in a while, guys like this end up in the FCS. And guys, I used to do the Parade All American teams uh, five, six, seven years ago, and I did it for about six years. And I made sure the editors understood that when we get a kid like this, I don't really care where he's going. He deserves to be recognized, even if he's not going to Clemson. And I'm telling you, every single time we put a guy like that on parade, they ended up blowing up at the FCS level and broke records and were all Americans at the FCS level. I mean, they're ballers, they're playmakers. So, yeah, I know what he, he had, uh, what, some preferred walk-ons options with some back uh, 12 schools, I think, but you know, he's, he's going to go where he's going to play quickly. And, uh, you know, just, yeah, it's a lot of, a lot of, a lot of good players to look at. I really like the quarterback they got the other day, Creighton Cooper. He makes my, I think he was in my top 25 for quarterbacks nationally, which we released uh, today, which is Monday. It's looking like a good crop. Yeah, we were, we were really grateful to see, you know, Cooper commit to Weber state because I think that it's pretty obvious from the, the results that we've gotten in the playoffs the last few years that the quarterback position is an area where we could really improve. Uh, I think it's probably the thing keeping us from getting yeah. to that next level. And so getting those kinds of recruits now, you know, hopefully that, that changes the tide and you can hang with the James Madison's and the North Dakota States of the world, because they've got some great talent at the quarterback position. You know, the kind of, kind of guys that are playing in the NFL right now and just Weber state hasn't been there. That, that is absolutely spot on. And of course, nobody wouldn't know that better than you guys. Um, the defense has certainly generally not been a problem. Uh, special teams, I'd argue, has been the best in the country, period, for years. And we all know, <laughs> we all know why that is because of uh, who's at the top coaching and where he was when he was a special teams coach. He takes pride in that. And, uh, you know, you, you get a Josh Davis in there and you get a a good running game. So really what is the one thing, you know, uh, they certainly haven't had horrific quarterback play, but it, you're right. There's been some, uh, there's been a lot of schools that have been a little stronger in that area. And can you imagine what happens once they get that one kid who just becomes a monster? Yikes. So Brian, 
I'm curious to know your take on this. I think that the, a, a big debate among college football fans is regarding stars, right? Yeah. There are some people who say, well, Alabama's not winning national championships with one and two star kids. But then there are other people who say, yeah, but it really counts how you develop them. So, Brian, I'm going to ask you a question. Do stars matter? <laughs> um, no. <laughs> uh Awesome, man. I'll tell you, I'll tell you a story. Before, before I worked at here, I worked at the sporting news. Uh, and when I also worked at, uh, and did the parade all American teams and at the sporting news, I once saw a kid commit to Alabama on a Tuesday and he was a three-star kid. And guess what he was magically the next day, mm. a four-star kid. Why? Because you have a hundred thousand people subscribing to Alabama crimson tide.net or whatever. And, and their rating is going to go down because they picked up a three-star kid. Never mind that kid's a tight end and, and uh, maybe he just didn't catch eyes, but boy, he caught the eye of Nick Saban. I mean, but it would have bumped their recruiting rating as a team down if the kid had stayed a three-star. And you can't have that without Crimson Tide fans or they're going to dump you and go to the other service and pay their 150 bucks a year for that service. So you uh, see how yeah. it works? It's I've always thought the, the recruiting <laughs> stars was, was messed up anyway, because who has time to pay attention to thousands of high school football teams across the country? Alabama right? fans. <laughs> yeah. Okay. SEC uh, fans. We might expand that a little bit, yeah. but, but that that's exactly to me, it's about development, right? I, I, I'm going to be the, the guy here on the panel. I, I admit, I don't pay attention to recruiting. Tell me who's dressed in purple on fall Saturdays. And that's uh-huh. what I'm cheering for. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that's my, that's my philosophy. So I don't get into the stars. I don't, I don't follow high school football. I'm not, I'm not into the recruits, but I can tell you, I know the coaches who can develop players and I don't care what star you are when you started at Weber state. I know that when you come to Weber state, you're going to develop and, and you're, our coaches are going to get the most out of you. And to yep. me, that's, it, it's all about development after you're on campus. And I think we see that at the big schools too. Uh, you see the Alabama's, you know, the Alabama's cherry picking, but, but some of these guys, it, you know, they're highly recruited and then they get on campus and they don't do a, a thing or, or they have attitude problems or anything. It's all about the development after you're on campus for me. And, and that's, that's more important. Yeah. There's not a and question there. That's just, no, 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 you're right. You're right. And, and it, you know, it kind of comes in, you, you get, you end up with the chicken or the egg question. Are you a five-star yeah. kid? Cause Alabama offered you, or are you an Alabama guy because you're a five-star kid? Well, it, the coaches laugh their rear ends off in closed door staff meetings about the rating services. And they also laugh their rear ends off when they think about how they can go manipulate the rankings just by putting pressure on the guys who do it. So think about that. And I've seen that a million times. I mean, you know, there's a lot of things about the recruiting services that always drove me nuts. Um, I can tell you, even going back to when I was working at newspapers, you know, a, a kid that I'd covered since he was 14 years old. And I had this great working relationship with, with the head coach and the, and the kid you know, some reporter who didn't know him would break the news of his commitment. And it always made, made me so mad, you know, not out of, it's not a loyalty thing, but I just figured, you know, I'm his hometown paper. I wrote about you when you were a nobody. Well, it turned out it wasn't the kid telling the reporter, it's the staff leaking it to the reporter. And he's not even a reporter. A lot of times he's, he's just a fan and that's nothing wrong with that. But that guy's getting the big national scoop because the coaching staff 
of Alabama or really any school. Yeah, they're not supposed to tell the media, but they go through back channels to get the news out there because they want their fan base to know. So, you know, it depends on I guess it really just depends on how seriously you take it. I mean, is it fun in the offseason to talk Clemson football when you're a Clemson fan? Of course. What is there that you can beat South Carolina and Georgia in when you're when you're a Clemson fan recruiting in March? You know, oh, we got the quarterback you wanted, you know, because they only get four months to celebrate, you know, on the field stuff. So like if you can step back and look at it and go, yeah, this is fun. You know, it's just fun to follow. I mean, let's not get too obsessed with that. They are 17. Um, you know, some of these kids are going to grow another four inches and put on 50 pounds of muscle. We don't know. Another kid might get injured. Another kid might have off the field problems. But the star system, I it, it, I think it's one of the reasons I love the SCS. I mean, the star, Carson Wentz had two offers. Okay. And, I, I, you know, you can blame that on college staffs as much as you blame it on the recruiting services or whatever. I mean, and then he grew in college, you know, he grew in college and he grew into a guy that ended up being a, you know, the number one, number two draft pick um, out of the FCS level. You just don't know. I mean, there are some positions guys that I will admit, namely like when I think of a defensive tackle or a defensive end, those guys tend to, I mean, because they are, it's so rare to find one of those grizzly bear, you know, defensive tackles who can scoot and and just tear up the world that you see those guys be five stars and three years later they're first round draft picks. But quarterbacks, blindside tackles, it's a crapshoot. It it so much changes in four years. So yeah, the the star system is supposed to be predicting who might go to the NFL one day. That's what they openly say. You know, this guy is a lock. He's going to be an NFL lottery or a draft pick one day, day one. And and a lot of times, at certain positions, it, it you know they don't they don't come anywhere near uh, you know getting that accurate. So no, I'm not real big on the star system. I'm really not. The uh, long 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 story short, <laughs> short story long. <laughs> so so BMAC, that's interesting to me because I. I'm the same way. Like I, I don't want to put too much hope into a, a 17 year or 18 year old kid. Not that I right. don't want them to succeed, but like they got a lot of life ahead of them, you know? Right. Um, to me, a couple of points you made that really stand out, which is like, I think you're right. Like to me, you can't coach size, you know, like speed, yeah. speed. There, there are guys at the FCS level receiver. Rashid Shahid is a uh-huh. prime yeah, example. He, he, he is as fast as anybody that Alabama has. Right. Like he is, but, right. but, but, he, but he's here. So, so to me, it's, you know, P size, P five size is different than G five size, which is different than FCS, FCS size overall. Right. Those are the things you, you can't coach, but you can certainly develop talent and, and do all that. I mean, to me, that's, that, that's, that's the big difference, but I guess to go a little broader there, I mean, let's, let's talk about the big sky where, who's, who's doing well in the big sky and who do you see really picking up, picking things up and recruiting in the big sky over the next couple of years? Yeah. Well, you know, for the last couple of years, Eastern Washington has been impressive both in recruiting and on the field. Of course, that's why is that shocking after what they've done lately? I mean, they're one of the best programs in the country consistently. Um, But what really has jumped off the page to me in this particular cycle 
And it's because of coaching change, of course, uh, is what Bo Baldwin's doing at Cal Poly. And I never used to talk about Cal Poly. And, 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 but Bo Baldwin was the one who got Eastern Washington rolling initially, you know, back in the uh, Cooper cup days, he's the one that brought him in. He's, he's the one that won the national title before North, North Dakota state went insane. Uh, you know, the guy's a winner and you know, he went to uh, what did he go to Cal for a couple of years as a coordinator. And then he's back and instantly is having an effect on recruiting rankings. And when I say that, uh, I don't mean just, beating out a couple FCS schools. I mean, he, he's got them beating out, uh, you know, G five teams left and right. And that yeah, for, for Cal Poly, a school that has, if we're just talking football, we all know it's a great academic university. I know High that. academic standards over there. Very much so. And, and that in look, that plays into a lot of things at this level because most of these kids actually are going to college to go to college. Imagine that. But, uh, that's crazy. Yeah, the, talk, Brian, huh? What's that? It's crazy talk. Who would actually be thinking about a degree when they go to college to play football? Right? Well, yeah, Cal Poly is getting um, really some special talent. The other one that jumps out that, uh, you know, maybe we wouldn't have been talking about too long ago is Northern Arizona. Hmm. I mean, uh, Coach Ball and his staff have, I mean, their class is deep. They, they signed a monster number of kids in December um, and to get those kind the kind of kids that they got early is really impressive. Sometimes you'll see a school in the South load up on a kid who slipped through the cracks or he was the third option of, of five to 10 G five schools. And then boom, all of a sudden he's three days out from signing day and he doesn't have a whole lot of options. And Stephen F Austin comes along. You know, and they get that kid who might have even had a Baylor offer early on um, for Northern Arizona to be doing that is, I think, just really impressive because it's kind of a different part of the country. As you guys know, um, there aren't as many G5 schools in that neck of the woods uh, to trickle down from, you know, and for them to lock in kids you know, beating out, uh, you know, the New Mexico's, the New Mexico States, the Houston's, uh, UTSA's, you know, they're beating out those kind of schools. You know, I, I think says a lot about what's going on there. And I think you're going to see good things. Um, Northern Colorado really hadn't had a chance to really get rolling quite yet. But I think we know with the big name coaching them up, especially once we can get past all this COVID crap, uh, when you can really get back to recruiting, I think you're going to want to keep an eye on them. But yeah, the usual suspects, I mean, Eastern Washington, you guys, the Montana schools uh, doing a good job of, of finding talent in their own state and going to California and Arizona and Texas. I'd say that would be my best summary of it. We, we've talked about that a little bit about, especially with the Montana schools, uh, you know, those, those schools and states where, you know, Montana is the pinnacle of sports, right? Yes, uh, yes. Going to the University of Montana and and the tradition there, they don't have, you know, they're not recruiting against schools like we are in H Utah with, with three D1 uh, FBS schools uh, you, where you've got Utah, BYU and Utah State. Uh Montana doesn't have that kind of competition and that, that, that local place for those kids to go. Montana is the pinnacle of success there. Um, I want to switch uh, 
gears a little bit and talk more nationally. We mm-hmm. read in the news this week about uh, the ASUN conference uh, and a couple of weeks ago, we talked about it here on the show many times about the WAC starting FCS uh, football leagues. How did those two extra leagues, and I know they're pulling other schools in and, and it's not adding a ton of teams, but how do those two extra leagues uh, seem to affect recruiting? And do you see those leagues becoming uh, national powers in, in the mold of the big three, uh, the Missouri Valley, the big sky. And uh, I forget what the other is the colonial colonial. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the ACE sun is, is beginning to build what I would call a super conference in the Southeast. Generally when it comes to recruiting, I don't know that it'll change the dynamic too much because uh, Jacksonville state in Kennesaw in North Alabama, they go after the same kids anyways. Um, now they're sure. just going to be battling on the field every single year. And so, uh, and, and that, I think that conference is going to become a destination conference once it all gets glued together. And that may take another year because I think uh, the ace sun they're sitting at five schools, you know, and uh, they have to have six to have an automatic playoff berth. So they may partner up with the WAC or, you know, who or, or the big South. I, I, we don't really know. I get, I think we're going to find out by the end of the month. Yeah. You're going to see more February. movement there probably. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll but, see. But more importantly, the WAC, I mean, that's yeah, where not we're the WAC, sitting That's here. a whole different. Yeah. And then we saw Southern Utah, we've got Dixie uh, or the soon to be renamed Dixie state uh, right. uh, here in Utah. Um, those are going to be big recruiting battles against the big sky. And do you see the whack overtaking the big sky as a recruiting destination uh, for some of these local kids? It's an interesting thought because you, once you get the Texas schools involved, um, especially the stronger Texas schools that are like are coming in, um, you, you obviously are going to get Texas kids who are going to now learn more about, Southern Utah, you know, and, and, and Dixie state that wouldn't normally have known about those schools. And that's, you know, that's the reason why we, uh, awareness is everything, you know, North Dakota state winning national titles and being on ESPN game day is why they can now dip into central Florida and get good kids. Is that exposure? Um, University of Minnesota going down and playing Florida Atlantic down at South Florida a couple of times, you wouldn't think a Big Ten school would want to do that, but they want South Florida kids for, for recruiting. Now, on a much, much more minor level, I think, uh, you know, kids who might not have known about Southern Utah Matt, now may see, well, Sam Houston State, or Sam Houston now, as they want to be called, we learned three weeks ago. Sam Houston and, and Stephen F. Austin and what, uh, Abilene Christian, I don't have the whole list in front of me, but. I mean, that just, by the way, has just decimated that conference. It's a mess. Um, but kids from Texas who know about those schools might go, man, I, you know, I bought a ticket with my dad and went and watched, a, you know, a, a, a game at Lamar or whatever. And, and then I saw this school from the West I'd not, not known a lot about, you know. And, yeah, that may help because Texas is a hotbed. Um, but at the same time, you know, the, the, uh, the, the big sky schools that just w- went to the whack, they can obviously geographically still hit California. And there's a lot of good kids in California. They can still go to Arizona. And then now Texas is a possibility. I think that's, I think that makes them an interesting school recruiting wise. Yeah. Going forward. Interesting. Um, so Brian, uh, 
to keep it national, um, Weber State aims to to get to the national title game, and, and sure. it seems like they will end up playing North Dakota State somewhere along the way, if yeah. not there. Um, the perception of their recruiting around the FCS schools seems to be that they're just so far ahead of everybody, right? I mean, they're, you know, you've, you, you mentioned Carson Wentz and the, the Trey Lance is going to get drafted. Yeah. Got a, a kid from Virginia tech that was apparently, you know, a, a four-star recruit. I mean, that's, that's a lot. So I guess the two, two questions. One, is there, is there talent, is there recruiting talent really that far ahead of everybody else? Or is that more hyperbole? And, and two, if it is, <laughs> how does everybody else catch up or do they catch up? Yeah. I, I, first of all, I would argue that their recruiting prowess is not, uh, it's not amazing in terms of, uh, <laughs> I think what it is, is they know what kind of kid they like. They know what kind of kid fits that system that they run, that they own. And then they develop them. And then on top of that, you've got this long line of kids in the Dakotas that want to go play for the Bison and will wait two to three years to block for Trey Lance. And it's like a Nebraska mentality. It's a Midwestern kid mentality. And that's, I mean, NDSU isn't trying to do anything tricky. That's one thing you know about them. There's nothing tricky about them coming up and punching you in the mouth 79 times a game. I mean, that's what they do. And they do it better than anybody else. They build depth through their walk-on program. You know, so when we were talking earlier about having a second team and a third team, well, NDSU legitimately has a third team because they bring kids in and the kids are willing to hang in there. And if they earn a scholarship two years later, because they hung in there, then it's almost like a, it's like a tryout system, you know, that you don't get it at another FCS school or too many of them, at least. I mean, not even James Madison functions that way. And then what, what NDSU did to couple it with, I mean, I'll be honest with you, when you break down their class, it's not going to, it's not going to spin your head like, uh, like a James Madison class might. Um, But you know that they know what they picked up is exactly what they want and they're going to maximize the potential of them. You know, it's a true blue collar system and it works and it works for them. Um, now, what that's what the definition they, of a program, right? It is. Mm-hmm. It's a, yeah, yeah. And it's a clean program. They don't do anything wrong to develop this. They just they happen to be in a part of the country where um, those kids want to play there and they don't get looked at very much by schools outside of their state. Um, and, you know, you can say the same thing about the Montana schools. Uh, yeah, like Nebraska, Dustin, <laughs> and and it's so. Uh, but what has changed is is like what I was saying a second ago. Uh, once they started getting on ESPN Game Day, once they started beating Iowa, once they started beating Kansas State, and you know they haven't lost to a P five team in a decade, and that's why no, you know they were going to play Oregon this they year. Play Oregon, yeah, this past fall, they, I don't know that they wouldn't have won that game. Just the way they play, and um, and then on top of that, they're getting guys drafted. Now, it used to be they got linemen drafted. Now they're starting to have skill kids drafted because, again, they can come down to four. Look, they don't. I'm in Tampa Bay. They don't come to Tampa Bay for offensive linemen. They come to Tampa Bay for speed. 
And that's what everybody comes down here for. And there's a ton of it. And if you can get Florida speed and beat out FAU or Georgia state and get a kid to go all the way to Fargo, North Dakota, you're doing something right. That's what I think they do. That's so special. They're very unique. Um, you know, whereas like a James Madison, they've got to sit there and go toe to toe with the lower half ACC schools to get elite talent. They've got to beat out the old dominions and, you know, school like schools, like the, the Charlottes, the East Carolinas, um, North Dakota States a kind of a different animal. Yeah. Yeah, we're seeing that locally here. I mean, Weaver's got to beat out BYU, Utah, Utah State. The, sure. Those kids that that may not be the premier recruits at those three schools. Um, and I think this year we're starting to see some fruits of that I think Jay Hill's done really successful in getting some guys that that maybe had the opportunity for playing time at the Y or at the U, uh, but are but are coming to Weaver because of what Jay Hill is selling. No doubt about it. And and what he's selling. And what Jay Hill produces, because I still think he's one of the best in his, in the country, uh, you know, Coach Myers, all of them that can take a, a, a you know, a, an orange and, and orange seeds and squeeze the juice out, get the best out of what they bring in. And now they're starting to, you know, they're bringing in some serious talent to go with it. And that, that combination uh, they maximize it, and that's why they're one of the best five teams. You know, I, I mean, we—I'm not just saying that to placate you guys because you have me on your show. I mean, it's the truth. Look at the playoffs. Look at look at the winning records. Look at look we at love to hear it. Yeah, and it is. It, it's you know, and and you look at the challenges. You know, it's not like you guys are sitting in the middle of uh, the city of Houston, Texas. You know, or Atlanta, Georgia, and yet you can go and uh, um, beat teams to get kids from there. I mean, that's development. That's good coaching. I, I know y'all don't want to hear it, but I, I know people want him. We know what's people coming. People want him. Come on. <laughs> Who we know. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. I mean. The, yeah. It, it, Jay Hill's a hot commodity, and, and, and he's not, he's not going to stay at Weaver forever. Yeah. We've come to terms. Yeah. <laughs> We cut the terms of enjoy the ride while it lasts. And, and That's, coach, you're, we know you're listening. We love you. Stay as long as you want. Does coach listen to this? I, I bet he does. I bet his staff does. That's no. I, and, and coach Hill and I had the chance to talk a couple, couple seasons ago and um, it was great. I mean, he, you know, he was very focused, very serious and, um, you know, taken into account where he, he has come from and everything that's happened there. Um, I just remember when I started with Hero, I think you guys had just come off a two and nine season. I mean, I really, I really didn't think much about it, you know, and then, and then Jadrian's team his senior year really caught the eye, you know, Oh, okay. All right. Got a little change into the guard and the big sky, you know, Sacramento state's done a little bit of that and UC Davis, a little bit of that lately in the big sky, but it hadn't just been like a one year thing. It's been a, uh, when we talk about you guys around the country, it's a topic a lot, you know, what are they up to, you know? And, um, I think that says a lot about the brand name at the yeah. school. It's interesting, Brian, that you talk about it because we were talking about this in uh, in our Slack channel earlier in the weekend, talking about how you know Weber State has had the opportunity to face a lot of really good teams in the playoffs that without that 
playoff, you know, setup, we would not yeah. have had the opportunity to face, you know, we got to play teams like Kennesaw state and Maine and Western Illinois. And, you know, and we look around at some of those and it's like, what's, what's, what's Maine done since they beat us in the quarters, you know, not yeah. much. What has Western Illinois done since, you know, we beat them in the first round? Well, I don't know. Or even SUU, like not what has SUU did since we, you know, went down to Cedar and smashed them in 2017 well, not very much. <laughs> and so it's just, it's just, it, it yeah. has provided this opportunity to really put Weber state in these matchups that the playoffs wouldn't have offered otherwise. And so it's been a, it's been really nice to have had the opportunity to continue that success because like we've seen, it doesn't necessarily mean just because you're in the quarters one year, it doesn't mean you're guaranteed to go back. You know, you got to no. keep progressing. And so no, uh, you're right. it's, it's, it's nice to hear that, you know, that consistency is, does get noticed because it, it's we feel been noticed. Fun. Hey, yeah, I, yeah, I got to tell you one one last thing on that. Um, uh-huh. And AC's got a question he's been waiting a long time to ask. But one of the things that I like about that is is we've seen the JMUs of the world come back to Ogden and we've we've scheduled games with them in yeah. the regular season. And oh, that's yeah. become a little bit of a rivalry, right? Like yes. there's guys at JMU that hate Weber State and, yes. and the feeling's mutual on yes, both sides. And that's a, yeah. And, <laughs> and so, them, that's for sure. Uh, yeah. So, so, and I'm all for these big FCS games in the regular season. I, outside of we the need playoffs, them. I think it's great. We need them. Yeah. I cede my time to AC. Sorry. <laughs> You're good, Sean. Don't ever apologize. Hey, BMAC, I got, I got one more thing. So we were talking about North Dakota state and how their recruiting class really won't make your head spin. It's not going to catch many eyeballs, you know, I want to know from you in this class of 21, is there a school that's really caught your attention? Oh yeah. <laughs> I think I know where you're going. But uh, you hey, guys, I, think uh, I know I too. Yeah, it takes I a rocket science to Jackson State with yeah. Deion Sanders. Prime, 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 Prime. Insane, um, insane, and and uh, Jackson State, the home of Walter Payton, has sucked for years, and we all know Dion wants. To, I, I think Dion eventually wants to. <laughs> maybe in his dreams, get back to Florida state and coach them one day. Um, he's not, I'll tell you what, he's not doing anything wrong so far. Uh, first of all, you know, he's got the number one quarterback in the country coming and that's his own son. Who's a four star. They got two four star guys. Now you may not care about stars and I, I question the system, but at the same time, generally the reason you get four stars is because you've got 15 P five offers. And if there's 15 millionaire coaches out there willing to bet the program and their future on a quarterback who's 18 years old, okay, and they've evaluated this kid and they think he's pretty good. And he obviously has good bloodlines. So, well, you know, primetime definitely has a name, but I, I, yeah. I want to see the results on the field before I. I agree. I agree. I mean, and, and that'll be the knock until they prove otherwise, because Jackson State has hardly been able to beat Mississippi Valley State lately. And that's one of the worst teams in the entire FCS. I mean, uh, you know, so we don't know exactly what will happen there. But uh, if you're if you're looking at getting fresh talent. And, and these are, they're high school kids, so they're going to come in and, and be there a while. Things are changing. And, you know, a lot of that came with the, the culture change we saw in the last year um, with Black Lives Matter and all that. I mean, people started saying, hey, young black athletes, why don't you go to HBCU football programs? Why don't you take a look at these schools that help build what you get to enjoy today? And, and, I'll tell you, that's been the biggest talking point, I would say, with this year's crop, is that Grambling is getting kids I haven't seen them get. Um, 
Jackson State, Grambling generally gets some good kids, but uh, Jackson State's the one that's jumping off the page. Florida A&M under Willie Simmons, who just went from the MEAC to the SWAC. Uh, Willie, I've known Willie since I covered high school sports in Tallahassee. Um, he's from that area. He used to play Clemson, quarterback for Clemson. He's just brilliant. And he's got FAMU, you know, who won the very first 1AA title way back in 1978. They were a power. Um, he's got them pulling in kids that uh, would make your head spin down here in Florida. So I think that, you know, Jackson State is going to be the one everybody's talking about in two days from the FCS standpoint and probably beyond. To be honest with you, don't be surprised if they make some headlines, even with the ESPN crowd. Uh, but even just the HBCUs in general, I think that's the biggest uh, biggest thing going on. When Jackson State hired uh, Primetime, uh, I believe I tweeted out that they have an open invite to call us for a home-and-home home series. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Dog going to play. We'd love to see that match. That would be so cool, wouldn't it? Fun. We do need more games like that. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. Yeah, I mean that that I think that was one of the biggest letdowns for us in Ogden with the fall season getting canceled was the fact that we did not get a chance to go and play UNI in Iowa oh. because you know they've got a long home winning streak there. Uh, they were they a good, they're a good program. They were ranked ahead of us. Uh, they got bit by the injury bug last year and didn't have a good showing in Ogden. And I think that you know to me that was the scariest game on the schedule because they had something to prove and we had to go see them and they are that very one. Good home. We were really looking forward to seeing that um, because Northern Iowa was was as stacked as they'd looked in seven years. Uh, the problem, of course, is the the grad transfers, and uh, they have guys that were in the Senior Bowl this weekend that would have been playing in that game. You know, so they had like seven key guys either transfer or they just declared because uh, they're Nas Exodus out of Iowa, huh? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's. Uh, that that yeah, they're still going to be good, um, but they look to me like one of the best two or three schools coming into last fall. And um, you know, seeing two Titans smash heads in the the Big Sky Missouri Valley Challenge. First of all, why doesn't everybody else do that? Yeah, because I mean that's that's <laughs> we I mean, need more. Aren't you glad? I mean, because you guys always get that litmus test. Um, you know, we get to see. Uh, a good battle between a, a strong, you know, Missouri Valley team and, and uh, you know, a Montana school against the South Dakota State. I mean, those are those are games that when we come around in November, we start looking at the playoff bracket and what we think might happen. It's like, man, we're looking for that big game. Oh, OK. Yeah. That matchup right there. That said a lot. Yeah, These two teams builder. are. Yeah. It might have a rematch in the playoffs, you know, those kind of games. So I, I would say that those games do a lot more than showings against FBS teams because it's like, it's, yeah, you're, it's equal, right? You're, you're playing equal. And I know Jay Hill has cited a few times um, his first game coaching at Weber state was, was against North Dakota state. And he wanted mm -hmm. that. And he's talked about it, how, how he wanted to see what it was, what it was going to take to be the best in order to become the best. And, Sure enough, I mean, it's, we've progressed that direction, but it, it took seeing that and 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 playing that to be able to get there. So yes, I we need we definitely need more top tier FCS games. Yeah, that and I remember him bringing that up when we had him on uh, our coaches' corner podcast, and I remember Taron Johnson bringing up that game. You know that uh, that was one that he pointed to 
that made him feel like he could play with the big boys. Uh, he included North Dakota State with the big boys just as much as the Pac-12 schools, you know, and he's absolutely right. I think NTSU could beat half to two-thirds of the Pac-12, and I wouldn't even question it. You, you never, know. never, I, every, anytime this ever comes up with anybody on Twitter, you know, an FBS, P5, G5, like, like you don't mess with North Dakota. It's like, ah, they're not there. I'm like, no, you don't do it. Like, yeah. you find out. Just don't do it. Yeah, don't Go do it. They out. will, they will, they will beat you. Everybody in the Midwest has learned that all the Big 12 and Big 10 teams that have tried it. And, you know, they're not the only ones either. You know, Illinois State has taken out Northwestern, you know, um, Northern Iowa has taken out Iowa State. You know, how many times did NDSU take out Minnesota? I can't even count. I don't have that many fingers, I don't think. Uh, you know, it, it, Youngstown State has beaten Pitt. You know, I mean, it, these, these teams can play. And, and those are the teams NDSU has to play every single week within conference play uh, to get to where they get, you know. And it's a gauntlet just like the Big Sky is, you know. Uh, the Big Sky is kind of like that too. There was not too many gimme games as many teams as there are in the big sky there's not too many gimme games you just you never know you know yeah definitely well like you said brian we love to see it and uh, we hope to see more of it like you said weber state will enjoy a home and home with james madison in the fall we'll all look forward to that because like you said we are tired of losing to those guys <laughs> so they, <laughs> they get to make the trip out to ogden where we are very good so uh, Brian McLaughlin, we want to thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us about recruiting, talk to us about what you're seeing across the FCS in so many great schools, scooping up good talent and what it means for this level. Uh, really appreciate you taking the time, man. Yeah. Thanks guys. It's uh, it's cool to be on the, the biggest show uh, dealing with Weber state football and, uh, and let's do it again. If you'll ever have me back. Definitely. All right. We want to thank Brian McLaughlin for taking the time to chat with us. Really appreciate that conversation. Learned a lot about what's going on across FCS and looking forward to the spring season, which is going to be starting for the Wildcats on February 27th up in Pocatello, Idaho against the Idaho State Bengals. So with that, we're going to go straight to upcoming events. The Thursday, February 4th, uh, we got a big series this week, fellas. Uh, Thursday, February 4th, women's basketball will be taking the trip up to Montana State to play the, uh, the, the Bobcats, who have a very good team. So we'll see how that goes for them. That'll be 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. And then we got a big one. The men, the, the, the Bobcats will be coming down to Ogden to visit the, the Weber State Wildcats. And uh, that's going to be a really important Big Sky showdown. So looking forward to that one. That'll be 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time on Pluto TV and 103.1 The Wave. And Friday, we just got a women's tennis match versus New Mexico State. That game will be in Salt Lake somewhere. The app didn't say, but that's at 9 a.m. Uh, didn't I don't know if it's going to be televised, but now you know about it. And then also on Saturday, women's basketball and men's basketball will play again, both at noon, both in the same place that they played on Thursday, the women in Bozeman against the Bobcats and the men in Ogden against the men Bobcat squad. Both of those matches will be on Pluto TV. And then once again, women's tennis will be playing at Utah, 1 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. So busy Saturday. So with that, we're going to wrap up the show. Uh, if you have any ideas, have some feedback, please, please feel free to send it to us at WeberStateWeekly at gmail.com. You can also find us, like we said at the top of the show, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Twitter is the best place to interact with the Weber State Weekly team, especially on game day. And man, oh man, do we have a blog. There's so much recruiting content on our blog at WeberStateWeekly.com. Go and check it out. You can get all up to date on what we'll be talking about on Wednesday. So feel free to check that one out.
So with that, guys, we're going to wrap up the show and uh, looking forward to chatting with you, gents, soon. And we'll say Weber State, Weber State. Great. 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 Go Wildcats. Oh!